Welcome to Back Talk. Welcome to Back Talk, episode 74. It's your girl, Kay. It's your boy, Masseray. And this is Miley. We do have Miley back for another episode. We really enjoyed having her on the previous episode, so she's back. Um, we appreciate you guys for sticking with us. We, I'm just going to warn you, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, we know that you guys really enjoy, you know, when we keep it light, but when we also have opinions. And with everything that's going on right now, we definitely um, will have a very passionate discussion. So you guys are in for a treat. Um, but let's just do what we normally do, jump into what has happened in the world in the past few weeks since we all sat down together. Um, Rolling Loud, did any of you guys get a chance to go? Rolling Loud, Miami? Hell no. I was <laughs> I out mean, here in Atlanta. Would I... <laughs> you could have took a trip for research purposes. For I don't know. Right. Research nah. purposes. No, I don't never I don't I don't attend those type of festivals. It's those type judging. I'm like a What's little type. <laughs> I'm good. When you have a bunch of the ignorant rappers coming together, I'm I'm good. I, I enjoy the music on my own. I'm not finna go to a festival when it's a bunch of young, dumb motherfuckers showing up. I'm just not finna do it, bro. Wow. I'm a little As you hurt. can see. No, I know, I know. I feel you, but A bunch like, of young, dumb motherfuckers. If it's, let's say this. If it's the baby performing in Atlanta, you right. feel me? I'm going to pop up. If it's him popping up at one show, I'm good with that. But a festival where all you all you got is a bunch of like, you wow. got the little Yachty types. and mm. Not even Yachty. The, um, cause he wouldn't it's even a certain apply audience, to that, so yeah. that. True. Like the, the, you know. Do you even know who was there? Are you judging? Nah, Lil Wayne, Kodak, <laughs> and you got uh, what, what's the what's the young Travis Scott, Travis Scott, Whoa. Young Thug, Travis, Travis Scott. He he bring a white crowd anyway, so that don't even. But his performance, it was it was good. Speak on it, Miley. It was, his performance was amazing. Like I'm saying, from the moment he stepped out on the stage, he was hype. Like he really kept that energy. I've heard that. Mom. You said Travis Scott, right? Yes. I've heard that about his shows are like really really great. Yes, like his he does like mosh pits and like. Be having people on a thousand. Yeah, I felt like I was on the perk for a minute, like, hey, and I'm just here watching it on YouTube at my house. (laughs) (laughs) You said the who performed? Was it NBA Youngboy supposed to perform? I don't know nothing about that legit. I don't know. See, yeah, I. I mean, I feel you when saying it's, it's not a, our it's not, crowd. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not that I have everything against because I'm used to growing up. I grew up in Miami. I'm used to it. That's that's nothing. I'm talking about having all of them come together and everybody smoking and you feel like it's a recipe for and, yeah, it, something you're not clearly. trying to. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Well, I guess that did end up kind of being the case. I mean, that ended up being the case. <laughs> right. So shout out to the uh, the hip hop police out there in Miami. They had a field day. You the had hip hop police. You had a young young the NBA young boy. Uh, rest in peace to the folks who you know to the. If it was a brother who died, uh, at first everybody was saying it was. Uh, NBA young boy's security mm-hmm. uh, was shooting back at a shooter and ended up killing the shooter. But that That's I, I don't think that that was the case. I think he shot a bystander, um, and then NBA young boy's girlfriend got sh- shot in the mix of that. So it's wow. crazy. So I mean, I I hate to see stuff like that. Especially I know you don't really know too much about him, or you don't really fuck with him like Not that. Not young NBA nobody, no NBA young boy. So what's I it's know only one NBA. NBA. No, it's a few. It's like uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Other NBA, so you know how everybody trying yeah. to like the gang game yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. like ASAP like this, ASAP that, yeah, mm-hmm. or maybe it's YFN, something young. You know, I sound so old. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> come on, old head. No, no, but young, NBA young boy is very talented. I actually enjoy some of his music. What? 
Yeah, he, he's talented. What's it's the same person that just said what he said. Okay, wait. Go ahead. I'm saying what I can't give it up to him. I mean, okay, saying. so what song does he? What can I? What song did he make? No smoke. No smoke. No smoke. Rolling in my homie. You don't no. know that song. You fuck. All right, so moving on. Y'all old. Y'all old. No, we just don't care about people. If you're not not on my radar, if you don't pop up on my Spotify Discover page, or if one of my friends don't tell me about you, I'm probably not going to know about you. Oh, you got to be on that. (laughs) You got to have that type of energy. That's what it is. I guess so. Megan Thee Stallion performed, um, and I I saw a piece of that. Yeah. um, Yeah, she, now that I think about it, yeah, she had like the army fatigue, booty shorts. Yeah, I like her. You like her? I love her. We'll get into her later. Um, because first of all, I was a fan of hers like why not like a long time ago. But I've been hearing her buzz for a while. Of course, like most people, my first time really, really paying attention was when she was on Wale's um pole dancer track or whatever. So I'm just like, let me just see who this is. So I pulled her up on Spotify and went to her catalog and she'd been making music for a while up in She's legit. Like her wordplay, her diction, the way she um just everything about her. And I love how she can rap about everything. And she really be on some, you could tell she inspired by like Pimp C, MGK. Oh Lord, not MGK. <laughs> anyway, y'all know what I'm trying to say, like that Texas, um, Memphis sound. Actually, Pimp C and Bum B or Ape All MJG. What yeah, I remixed them. Both of those is what I was trying to say. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. But um yeah. UGK, so, you was thinking of UGK. But both that's the collective. No, I'm just saying, because you collector. said MGK, that's Machine Gun Kelly. Okay, she's based out of Texas, <laughs> so what I'm saying is uh-huh, that sound, you could tell, and like Juicy J actually produced some oh, of her tracks. from Texas. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the whole that's stallion rodeo. That's not just like manufactured. That's really what she be on. And um, I just love that she's well-rounded, and she's talked that like pimp shit, which I'm not saying I'm for pimping, but I like to hear her spit it in a way that's like believable. Does that make sense? And she's also in school. Like, if you follow her social mm-hmm. media, she'll be, like, doing her college work and then go do a radio interview. And, like, she promote. They even said it on her press release for um, the album Fever that she promotes, like, positivity and women empowerment. And it's not just, like, that typical PR shit. Like, it just seems really um, believable. You making all these faces. What's wrong with you? No, nothing. Um, <laughs> it's interesting. Because I, I, I don't know too much about her. I but you seem like your first impression was like, maybe yeah, So here's the thing. Like, you, you, as an artist, you got to be, you got to understand that your first impression for a lot of people is always going to be the music that you push the most. So your singles are generally how people are going to perceive you. So right. with her single being Freak Nasty and Nasty Ho or Nasty Freak, whatever the fuck the two songs are, naturally, I'm not going to gravitate towards that. That's the hook, which is like not, Freak. You know what freak, I'm saying? Like, freak Nasty. But if yeah, it was I'm a not, dude, you'd be like, oh, okay. No, so right. no. Like, if it's a dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really listening to that. I, like, that don't draw me in. I, you can't really name an artist who I really like mm-hmm. who drew me in with that type of content. Well, it what had to I be would, something else. I feel you. So what I would suggest, because of course she got to grab the masses because it's her debut album. I would suggest right. Right. if you really if you really care to know, just listen to her entire album because yeah. you can. I think you being a lover of hip hop and some real real like spitting, you would probably learn to appreciate. It. You may not be a cheerleader for her, it's, but it's, I, but it's funny because like some of the people that like I, I you know I listen to certain people who tell me like give me input on what to listen to. 
I've heard like jokes about her being the female Jay Z. I'm like, nah, nah they just, doing way too stop. much. No, <laughs> but I've, it's like a joke. That. But at the same time, it's like they're trying to say like she can rap, she can really rap, and I'm like, I just don't. I That's don't see too much. It from the, I don't the, know the radio yeah. shit. I don't see it, but. You could you could have said that about a lot of artists. Well, so fuck it's the radio. Listening to you know, I hate the radio. Yeah, I don't listen to the radio, <laughs> but I'm saying like the music that she like I said, the music she's pushing is what I'm perceiving her to be. So my perception of her is that she's a Trina. No, you know she has Trina influences and some Trina sprinkle, but I think because Trina was the first female rapper to come out shake her ass and being sexually provocative. Anybody that's from the South and mm, has any type mm, of mm, similar, because mm. like City Girls, they say Trina. Like any type of woman, um, Tokyo Jets, they say Trina. Like anytime you're from the Southeast uh, portion of <laughs> the country and you got any type of sexual explicitness to your raps, I feel like people going to say Trina, which is about to say Miley. You know... I could see how you would say that, too, because I feel like a lot of artists, like a lot of women artists, like who are out now, we are comparing them to Trina. Like, it's all on my Facebook and everything. Like A lot of people. City girls, they're saying they're like Trina. Mm-hmm. Stallion, they're saying they're like Trina. And I feel like it's one more artist that's out. Megan can probably out-rap Trina on any day, though. And I'm a Florida really? girl. Y'all know through and through, I rep Florida. Absolutely. I love me some Trina's Trina. Trina's not that good. She's not. She's a one-trick pony, but she's consistent, so you got to give her her. But right. Megan, she has different flows, kind of like... Uh, some male rappers that we like you know how they can switch up their cadence and like it's not the same rap on different tracks like she literally can switch it up and like I said you can tell she just really knows some stuff like she and her metaphors like me and a homeboy I was listening to her album and it's, you just gotta hear it I think you, you judge it too quick because you haven't heard her real songs like yeah I don't wanna judge her simile like your I face is judge. judging I her though. yeah cause I, I'm like I don't, don't wanna, I don't wanna judge her I want to first listen and give her a chance because I don't like to judge artists on two songs. That's, you know, that's not a complete okay. picture of them. But well, Megan Thee Stallion not giving me no money for this promo. We got a lot more to talk about, so let's yeah, keep it moving. Yeah, she's taking up a lot of the conversation. She's I didn't mean for this to happen. Let's keep important. it moving. So who okay. else stood out at Rolling Loud? Oh, Lil Nas X, that goddamn song that I'm tired of hearing about Old Town Road. Why you tired of hearing it? I mean, okay, um, it it's just annoying. overplayed. And he brought out Billy Ray Cyrus. So that was like major or whatever. That shit is smash. Great songwriter. No, it rides, but I'm tired um, of it. Shout out to Lil Nas X. Great songwriter. Uh, great songwriting on that song right there, man. I appreciate it. And I like the <laughs> fact that he was defined and, and wanted to be on the country charts. You know, they, they, you know, they don't, if there was an artist who came out who did parody of, of hip hop, they still will keep it on the hip hop charts. Yep. But for him, they took him off the country charts. And his shit ain't even parody. Like, for what, what I hear, it's that's really shit. like way he on. But for Post Malone. That ain't a parody. Don't do for that Post to him. Post Malone, it's a parody because he was making country folk songs and shit before he got put on. He was in Daisy in American flag Daisy Dukes on YouTube <laughs> before he popped in hip hop and started talking about character black shit on his record. So. But we didn't take him off the hip hop rec- uh, chart. So well, you know they saying, always like, gonna do us like that. All right, but, so but his just... comp, his his ultimate window was when they took him off the country charts, and then he ended up being top Billboard. The, oh the, yeah, one hundred. That's period. like no matter what genre. Yeah, so it was exactly. Like, and they put him back on the country, if I'm not mistaken. They probably when did because everybody when they had put Billy uproar. Ray Cyrus on there. They put him back. Oh, on so the he country. had to get co-signed by yeah. a white man, of course. Yeah, of course. 
Um, the last thing I want to touch on, they had like the phantom shooter, which caused a stampede at Rolling Loud. And I can say I worked the A3C festival here in Atlanta last year. And the same thing happened. I think it was during Lil Wayne's set. Um, but that like sucks from a production standpoint because people get hurt. You have a whole show, all this money to spend time on and then like people to take off running. Luckily, they said nobody was like really, really hurt. And they was like saying they was appreciative for law enforcement stepping in to, I guess, make sure there wasn't a real shooter. But I'm like, what is up with that? Do you think it's like because of all the shit that's going on, we just have like a heightened sense of fear when we're in like spaces with a lot of people? Yeah. Do y'all think? Because I'm so. like, it's starting to happen like with this like stampede thing at festivals, what I'm going to say. Do y'all think people just be on their bullshit? I think it could be a combination of both, to be honest. Because when you really look at the situation, like everything that's going on in the world, we all like, it, it's like, it's like when your parents used to play like they're about to hit you and you already flinching. Mm-hmm. Cause you, you know, it's, it's just that fear of what's to come. I mean, like, uh, people are shooting in schools. And mm-hmm. so you, you never know, like you feel like at any moment is the opportune moment and you just, your mind is so consumed with that. It's kind of like, yeah, is it going to happen? I'm going to take everything serious at this point. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, I wasn't there in the exact moment that the stampede happened at A3C, but I've been at a huge nightclub in South Florida when it was a stampede. And imagine like, at least at a festival, you can run in whatever direction, but if you like in a building, everybody's trying to funnel out of like one or two doors. And like, I got hurt. A bunch of my friends got hurt. Like it could be a scary thing, especially most people, you know, you don't wait to be like, what's happening? You take off too. Exactly. Nobody is, we like every man for itself. Listen, (laughs) you can take off running right now out of here and I will just run. And then when we get outside, I'm like, what, what happened? Why are we running? Right. Right. But when you have thousands of people, it's a different situation. So I don't know. That's just the production head of me thinking that was really fucked up. But um, let's keep it moving. So what else? Ha- oh, Haitian Flag Day. Talk by say. Yeah, shout out to, <laughs> to the to the Zoes out there in South Florida. Uh, South hey, everywhere. Say, Mabule, all my people out there. Oh, now um, you want to rep Florida. I appreciate <laughs> what you're talking about. So I my, always shout out to the one. It's Haitians everywhere. You said shout out to the ones in South Florida. Yeah, especially in South Florida because they in abundance down there. Like, you don't see. You they don't, packed in them vehicles you like sardines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing to my Haitian friends. Hey, shout out to them though, man. I know I got a lot of Haitian partners down there. So, you know, appreciate y'all on y'all day. Um, I appreciate the Haitian people, man, because they spirit. Yeah. And what they represent. Yes. I saw an article. Um, shout out to Jodine. She worked, I've worked in production with her um, on a few events. And she's Haitian. And she posted, this teacher posted an article. Um, she's a teacher in Florida, South Florida. And I know when I was, like, young, we all know coming up, if you was an 80s or 90s baby, your friends in middle school and um, elementary school weren't saying they were Haitian because they were automatically picked on. So she yes. just basically, long story short, was saying how, as a teacher, she felt it important to talk about the Haitian Revolution and how much she tried to instill pride in them because she know the narrative isn't what it quite was because... And I think, I wonder what why that mean? is. Like, now you can be like, you Haitian, and it's like saying you Jamaican almost. But, like, when I was, well, like, 16, you say you Haitian, it's like, ugh. Exactly. So, oh, 16? Let me stop. But you know uh, what's so crazy? <laughs> what's me? crazy, Molly? No, my bad. Because <laughs> you know, she know where I'm going. What's with. crazy, Go Molly? <laughs> did you guys know that, did you guys know that um, uh, the Haitians, they were one of the first... Uh, 
the first countries to get free black nation. Exactly. No, yeah. they were the first period. Like, like the first. Like it, me first. <laughs> and it's and it's crazy because it's like, how is it that those are the people who are getting picked on? That's how shit happens when we don't know our history. First, exactly. Of all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I mean, for basically the way they, you know, when they came to Miami, of course they didn't come with very much. Because what America did was starve out the Haitian people. Like they made, they yes, imposed history. a lot of, uh, you know, blockages to where they couldn't do free trade with a lot of different nations, which is crazy because they have some of the most resources. Exactly. So, but they're not utilizing those resources because, it, unfortunately, they don't really have a way to trade with other nations for all the, well, at that time. Import export. So, right. yeah, the import export game wasn't there. And, uh, of course, when they got the French up out of there, you know, they can't do business with the French. They couldn't do it with America. And they purposely, America purposely uh, positioned to starve out uh, Haiti, in which case it created a, a situation where they had to depend on the American government at one point. And then, you know, now they, you know, the Bill Clinton and their And there's no, way to, no better way to exert your power or make somebody feel inferior than to make them dependent on you. Yeah, That's absolutely. So and, um, but... To answer your question, because you said back when you were like 16, the, the narrative, I remember what it was when you was Haitian. Haitian booty scratcher. You came on a banana well, that's boat. Well, African booty, booty scratcher. Well, they were Haitian the too in my area. But the, the <laughs> Haitian thing, it was like because you like, they dirty or they stink type shit. But the thing was, and, it, and that wasn't always true. It was the fact that they were coming from poverty like that. And they would have the obvious um, accents. They yeah, dress yeah, the different. obvious accents. You know, they really they dressed more proper out. than we did. They usually always they had the polo to, shirts and the khakis. They would come to school and church, but did. we would consider Every church day, dresses while we got on, like, play shorts and tees. Yeah. And, and, and little did we know that was black excellence, but we just like, why are you? But go ahead. So, I mean, but the thing was, why it changed was because, and, and I think it's a great, it's a great example for all of us is they started to learn their history. They mm -hmm. started to understand where they come, came from and how different it was than what we have here as black Americans. And they came here and, and out-hustled us exactly. in Florida they anyway. They got their hustle on, they got their money <laughs> right. up, and they exerted their power. They, they formed gangs, and they became the Zopound in Miami, it's just so major. you know, it's you not if you say Zopound in the wrong way, you're gonna get fucked up. And some of you may have seen if you saw Bad Boys One, that wasn't like yeah. the most accurate depiction, but that quick nah. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they're not dirty like that. Not you know about the saying? dirty part, but you could tell they were like organized and they had to yeah. kind of like talk to them to figure out what's going on in the city. That was like a little bit tiny of a peek into how it is down there with them. But go ahead. Yeah, if you're in the streets of Miami, then you gotta you gotta go through the Haitians for something. You gotta have a relationship with them in some way, mm -hmm. or you don't get nothing done. So all right, so shout out to our Haitians. Um, I have a number of Haitian friends, and I know I saw another person that's like, I have black friends. But the point I'm making is I'm glad to see the evolution from the 90s to now. Yeah. You know, exactly. like, they don't seem like outsiders anymore, and we're do, starting to embrace our brothers and do, sisters. Do, do your book mom prayer. If you don't know what that is, look up the book mom prayer uh, and, and impose. Use that. Utilize that in your life. Book mom prayer was the, the prayer that they did. Uh, you know, book mom was a, was a Muslim. And he he started the revolution, and so he did a prayer. They went out to like the Everglades or whatever the the where the the swamp and everything. They did a prayer, and they went out and executed the war, and they got the French up out of there after that. Shout out to Bukman. So <laughs> I, just look up Bukman prayer. I try to get y'all can Google that. You, no, that yeah, was no, look it that's up dope. And, you know. I didn't didn't know that. That's why I love having this show with you guys because I learn stuff every show. Um, something else that happened recently, which didn't make a lot of buzz, but you know, whenever it's a black hero, quote, 
unquote, um, they don't really give us our due. So the Oregon teacher who stopped the um, attempted shooter, you said his name was Keenan Lowe, right? Yeah. So he had a shotgun, and I, I guess he entered, well, from what the article says, he entered the classroom, and before he could even, like, I guess move or make anything happen, the teacher, who was apparently, like, an ex-NFL um, player, and he's a present football coach at the school, he tackled him, and basically no one was hurt, but they ended up, you know, locking down a nearby elementary school, et cetera, but... Um, obviously what he did was courageous and amazing. I'm sure he kept a bunch of people from being harmed mm. and hurt. But I'm just like, shout out to so many times, and shout out to the brothers who are like Mr. Keenan Lowe that see shit going down, whether it's just your sister being harassed or somebody in true danger. Shout out to y'all that step in, step up, say something, and look out for a person that's a stranger to you, but your sister or brother. Um, because there's so many men who don't. They're going to just record, or they're just going to be on some like, this ain't my business. So I just want to right. give big ups to a brother who... Stepped in and like his, you could tell it was instincts. It wasn't like a negotiation. Like he literally tackled, you know, the dude. What you got to say? Hey, shout out to him, uh, Mr. Lowe. Um, that's the first time I ever seen a wide receiver make a tackle. Because <laughs> um, usually when we used to play football, they, you know, it'd be an interception and the cornerback get an interception and mm -hmm. they wide receivers just let him run by. So, and I'm sure it was, I haven't seen pictures of the alleged shooter. I'm sure he was like a, a regular size high school, probably scrawny, you know, regular. More than like mm -hmm. But that guy was, you could, he looks like an ex wild player. So I'm sure okay. even if he wasn't a tackler by nature, just his body weight. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, but who, wait, wait, what was picking the... it apart. Get a man his props. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I'm saying, but... It's adrenaline but, pumping, okay? Hey, black folks, stay your ass out of Oregon, man. Um, you, I was surprised. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm not going to lie. I was like, Oregon. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, because he went to school there, so, of course, he got connections. I saw it. Like, what, <laughs> no. what was it called? The Oregon Ducks? I yeah, think. yeah, University I've of Oregon. Even heard, oh, University it's the collegiate of team. Oregon. You saying that like saying it twice will make me know what oh, it is. Lord. I've so never Phil heard of Knight it. So Phil Knight comes from the University of Oregon. As in Nike? Yes. And you know, oh. they're the most like they have the most they have the different jerseys. Like every year they got new jerseys. They I've never the heard of the Ducks in my life. The Mighty they Ducks. They get the most funded from, right. the, from Nike. I remember so, the Mighty Ducks. I've never heard yeah, of so them. Yeah, so Phil Knight uh invested in then there, there's this guy who helped Phil Knight create Nike or uh, who went to Oregon too? So I mean, it's... oh, that's how you know who it is because Nike. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, because they're a great, they're a good football team because of the backing mm, of Nike. Nike. They, yeah, the backing <laughs> of Nike made them a great football team. So okay. yeah, they they produce a lot of good players. And now we know they've produced a hero and another stand-up brother. So that's what's up. Um, anything else current uh, before we jump into the heavier stuff? I think that's it. So. Oh, Queen Things. We already did kind of touch on it, but shout out to a few albums that dropped <clears throat> recently. Um, shout out to Megan Thee Stallion again for Fever. Um, we going to let uh, Mansa Ray check that out and come back and tell us how you exactly. feel. But also, um, Tink. You guys may remember Tink. Um, I love her. She was under Timberland, but then it didn't work out, so she had been dropping mixtapes for a bit, but she dropped voicemails, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, Sierra dropped Beauty Marks. Um... It's a quality body of work. I'm just happy that she got her third or fourth win because we already know her story. Um, and this isn't a queen, but um, 
Father of a Side by DJ Khaled. You know, he always has a feature-filled album because he's a producer, really, at heart. Um, but the only song that I listen to on repeat is Higher, featuring Nipsey Hussle and John Legend. Um, you guys may have seen the video because he dropped it on, like, late Thursday night or, like, midnight or whatever, and it, like, caught fire. And it's amazing. And they do, like, an RIP to Nip. But not even just because Nip's on it. It's actually a great song. And then they have John Legend. They actually sampled his Higher from his debut album. So Really? Yeah, it's really good. So make now sure you check it out. You have to. Like, first, my suggestion is listen to the audio first so you can really hear the lyrics because the visual is really dope, too. And then watch the um, video. But, yeah. You got something to say, man? Sorry. Right? Nah. No, no, I'm learning. You just always over there shaking your no, head. No, this is just the day. I don't know what's up with man nah. today. Oh, um, shout out. Of course, man. Um, Nip. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nip. But I haven't had a chance to listen to Tink in a long time, man. Um, she's, she's grown. She's not like she was when she first came out. But she was always dope. So don't play her. Don't no, do this. No, no, no. She, when I first heard her, she was very talented. And the thing that killed her was Timbaland because exactly. Timbaland's relationships in the industry, from what I understand, have kind of been It's up a few and down. people that have been under him that just fizzle or you never even heard of. Yeah, it's a uh, like shaky he, situation with Timbaland in the industry. But... Um, more than that, because he built her to be the next Aaliyah, and that didn't. People don't generally like that. So yeah, when they when they used to go in the Breakfast Club and everything, they would present Tink, and he would say, you know, I think she she's gonna be the next I Aaliyah. Remember. So that was the wrong thing to do. That's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> so really, her talent has always been there. It's just the other things. She that did the didn't right allow. thing. She yeah. She could tell she hustled hard. She still put her mixtapes out. She built her fan base on right, social media. Going. And um because I had been hearing, you know, songs here and there, but voicemails is everything. So um we I just wanted to give a shout out to those queens. So on to the heavier stuff. Um you guys I'm sure have been hearing about the abortion bill that a few states are trying to get past. And of course, as a woman, it struck me differently, but I felt like it was worth talking about. Um, So we're definitely going to get into that. Um, But before we do so, uh, Mansa Ray, you mentioned the Me Too article about men, supervisors, managers, CEOs, men in power, not wanting to mentor women. Can you speak a little bit more on that article? Because I think you read it a little bit thoroughly. you know, not not to throw too much information, but basically it was just saying how uh, I think it was like sixty percent of men in leadership roles are now like reluctant to do mentorships with women uh, as a result of the Me Too movement. So, I mean, first you got to take you got to take everything in, and you got to put context to it. So, right. when you when you look at the fact that you say sixty percent. You know, you also got to take into effect of who's in leadership. And in most of these companies, it's going to be old white men. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and for a lot of them, they've carried on a tradition that have continued on to this day. If you watch the show, uh, I don't know if either of you watch the show Mad Men. You know, I actually just started watching from season one like last week. So if you watch the show Mad Men, you kind of get a sense of what, what it was back then. And it's very, it's a very accurate. Still that way now. Yeah, depiction <laughs> of what it was. And even the Rupert Murdochs and everybody who, you know, who recently died or whatever. Fox News, you see all the scandals going on with them and women in the workplace. That's just, that's part, that's part of the course. Like, they, they, they do not appreciate or respect women at all. And the only way that you'll get some type of uh, traction or any type of, you know, success 
in business when you're dealing with old white men who live under that paradigm is that they they want you to be subservient to them. They want you to give it up. So, so that's, that's a little bit of a different narrative. You feel like that that's the truth behind what they're saying or that plays into them actually being scared to mentor right, women? Right, that, that plays into it. So if you're looking at, you saying 60%, so we got to look at the other 40, we know right. a low percentage of that is, is black men anyway. Mm-hmm. It's not a lot of black men in powerful positions in, right. in corporate. Not that they're being surveyed anyway. It's more anyway. black women who are in power, uh, powerful positions in corporate than black men. Right. So if you're looking at if you're looking at the survey, don't just take to it that okay, sixty percent of men. So we're looking at all men. You gotta look at what what it is in that community as far as what white folks do and how they treat women in business and at home. That's just how they treat their. So women. you feel like what's happening or what's being voiced is just a reflection of everyday life anyway. Absolutely, okay, like I, yeah. this don't surprise me. Okay, and so when I look at the numbers, it not only does it not surprise me, but then I look at okay, well, you know, a lot of the older men are dying off, so are they carrying on this tradition? Of you course. have to think that they're juggling with the thought of it. Like, yes, I want to continue because you know, me too. It come it with the me too thing. We hear the stories about white women who in the entertainment business who have dealt with these situations, and so it's still going on. It's still uh, prevalent. So, and not just white women, but go ahead. Well, I'm saying, but that's like, that's why, if it's just black women who are coming out saying, me too, uh, look, I, I was getting harassed in entertainment business, mm-hmm. nobody would give a fuck. So, yeah. I mean, that's not, that's just not how it is. So, so you're not surprised. What about you, Miley, as a woman in the workplace? I think I would agree with what he's saying. It's just a reflection. And now that Me Too has happened and they get to get asked a question about it, it can just be like, well, I don't want to do it because of da 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 What do you think, Miley? Um, I, I, definitely, I definitely understand that aspect of it as well. Um, but a part of me feels like, what if, what if what they're saying is true? Because, I mean, okay. Like, let's be real. It's probably true. You know, like, I'm not, I'm going to say out of the 60%, I'm going to give maybe a solid 30% to the people who may really actually feel that way. And for them, I do feel like, I mean, first of all, let's be honest. When you go into a meeting with a man and it's man or woman, it's already uncomfortable just because. You think so? I'm going to speak to that. Go ahead. For me, I'm not going to lie. I can only speak on me. And I I guess that can go to basically like what what has happened to you in your lifetime. So maybe it's a couple of factors that play with it on why it's uncomfortable to begin with. But... I do feel like sometimes, like, when I'm in a meeting and it's just man on woman, like, it does kind of make me a little uncomfortable. So maybe it could be that comfort thing as well. You feel like because of what you just said, because of your personal experiences, or just because of what you expect from men in general? Um, I believe it's a combination of both. Just okay. because, like, I mean, I guess it plays into well as just, like, I don't know how to exactly word it. But I know how to word it, but go okay, ahead. No, I, I want to get I want to get Kay's perspective first because I I, wanna, I can speak to exactly what you're feeling. Go ahead. Like you know, I mean, as a woman, like sometimes you do feel like maybe that there's like that that thing in the back of your mind on if I say something a certain way, like it's it's just that that silent awkwardness. Say what a certain way? Are you talking about in the way of fear of? Being like sexually harassed, like where is that awkwardness coming from? Exactly, just because like you're in this room and 
you're with this person you don't know like that and you're just like anything can happen my mind automatically goes left like i literally think the worst oh you oh that's <laughs> your own thing okay never yes, mind it's a <laughs> that's your own thing. okay <laughs> yeah so like okay. i i literally be thinking and not to make your experiences irrelevant cuz i'm sure that like you said it's because of what you dealt with but you're not speaking for all women you're just saying like yeah. you personally if you get caught into let's just say you have a male supervisor and y'all are in a conference room one on one you automatically have your guard up and are careful. Exactly. Okay. Um, for me, I don't think I have such a guard up. I mean, I think when it comes to just speaking on spaces that are professional, meaning like at the office and being in a space like a conference room or somewhere where it's just you and I or that person and myself, I think whether it's a man or a woman because it's a superior person in the way of business, I have a certain guard up, but I wouldn't go in with the man and like respond differently than I would with the women. Maybe that's like speaking to maybe something I should be more aware of. Um, but for me, it's kind of like the same. And I would say in business, I seem to have a, how can I put this? A kinder rapport with the males that I work with than the women. And not on that typical like, girls hate girls stuff but it just seems like whenever I have people in a, a position that are over me if it's a woman like it's 90% of the time some type of like clash or something and I know that I have like a strong personality et cetera et cetera but I feel like with businesses should matter but for some reason when it's a dude it's like super chill or whatever so I may actually be the opposite you know what I mean whereas yeah. and maybe that speaks to my personal experiences whereas with dudes they're usually like just chill and whatever and I know that I'm going to project myself a certain way and I'm pretty assertive and they already know what, what it's not. You know what right. I mean? So, I but I think this whole article speaks to a bigger issue because if we're trying to move up, you know, it's not what you know. Usually it's, I mean, you need to know something, but it's a lot of who you know. And by who you know, we mean those relationships that you can make, the people who will give you a hand up and put you in those rooms to make, you know, you elevate. So it just speaks to that issue of basically that glass ceiling that has always existed. And like I, like I agree with um, Mansa Ray, it's nothing different. I think it may be a heightened sense of fear for the men who know they on that bullshit or see that all these men are being like taken down in, in the industries. But I don't think it's too different than before. They, they can, and that, on the flip side too, you can have men who feel like there's some, because you know, there has been false accusations. So right. they can there feel has. like, you know, even if I don't do anything, then there's a there's a chance that this person could take advantage of the situation exactly, if things don't go believe, their way. You know they're gonna believe the woman more than they believe anything. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I feel like today that's the case. But it, going back to because I thought I I figured where you were going, but you know you went kind of left with the <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. But but that's like I, I think what you feel is regular. Like even for myself, uh, when I was younger, it was just the anxiety of this person in power. Uh, or this person who is a level above me ultimately can make a decision that will change my my situation. Well, did that give so you anxiety? You can feel some type of anxiety. Yeah. What what you're talking about uh, um, being uncomfortable is anxiety, some level of anxiety. Okay. So you know if you go in there and you know you don't really know what to expect, you can probably you'll probably feel that way. Like exactly. Regardless right. of who it is, but I think what what I was going to touch on was like the aspect of you know, why men do business or the energy behind men who have a drive and have ambition, a lot of that, and you, you, I don't know if you guys read the book before, The, the Way of the Superior Man. 
Um, basically, it kind of touches on like the concept that a lot of men in business, like they're driven by their sexual desire. Is that the book that Lauren put energy. nips on? Yeah, okay. that's one of and and it's a it's a few books in that in that realm. But basically, I've always heard like you know the the energy that a lot of men who are successful in business, the reason why they get caught up in a lot of stuff with women is because. They have that that drive or that sexual drive or that energy is what makes them produce in business. You so, gotta break that down because I know so I'm not the only you, one that's like, what? <laughs> so if you look at why men, the 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 reason why we even want to, the ambition or why we want to do great things, a lot of us want it for women, for the for the I, sake I of getting women. I know success equals women, which equals sex, and et cetera. What does it have to right. do with what we're talking about? So when you're sitting in a boardroom, right, because the, the energy behind a lot of men, and we, I think we've had that discussion before when you were set to do a show with uh, a bunch of women in a round table. Basically, a lot of men, we our drive were in, I'm not speaking for just me, but our drive comes from wanting more women or wanting women, period, or to produce. So when you're sitting with a man who's in a position, maybe he's, you know, your manager or the CEO or whatever, it's in the back of his mind still, like, that energy is still there. What does he's that have to do dri- with me, too? He's still driven off of sexual energy. You can be driven off fucking peaches and cream, but what does that have to do with... So when with- you're sitting with a woman and you're doing business with a woman or just, you know, just having a conversation with a, one of your subordinates or whatever... Okay. That energy is still there. So what you may be feeling, and what I thought, I thought maybe you were going that route, but like what you may be feeling, that energy, the subtlety, no, the subconscious would be like this person, this is one of the people, one of the type of persons, a woman, where I would draw, I would give that energy to. I would hit that. Okay. Yeah. So like. What does that have to do with this? But and look, I think that's the next level. We won't even get too deep into that because no, but I think it's worth dissecting, and we don't have to talk about metaphysical. I'm keep it basic. What I'm saying is, and I get what you're saying. Men want success. Success equals women. Women is, is sex. And men want success, not just to want success. They want success for women. That's what the I'm sole saying. Purpose We're saying the whole thing. I'm trying to tie it back for us and the listeners. Right. So that's the premise. But if you, okay, let's just say you and me, you're my manager, mm-hmm. and me, Kay, we're sitting in a war room. What does your what what does what you're being driven by has to do with you possibly doing something that makes me feel uncomfortable? Why can't you still keep it professional? Just my energy may may throw you off. It may not even be anything. It People may don't be the get lawsuits off energy. You don't get lawsuits off energy. You get lawsuits off something said, done. Right. So the way so my energy is going to carry the way that I say something. Right. If I'm if I'm already heightened, if I'm already upset about some shit, I can come into the boardroom and talk. In a in a way that make you feel uncomfortable, but like anybody. damn, this nigga's pissed That's off. Like, what's Especially going women, on? we have to be super because y'all quick to call us angry and everything. All right, else. so but so what I'm saying is yes. Yeah, so if you care any type of energy that you carry into a boardroom, if whether that's anger. Whether that's it, you excited about some shit that's going on in your life, we got you in a positive mood. Everybody can feel that shit. That's but true. a lot of men, what I'm saying is, and I, and I guess I don't want to go too deep into it, but a lot of men on the subconscious or on the conscious is that they're driven, their their success and what they have accomplished is driven by their sexual desire, their sexual energy. So they come I agree, into when that. You look at a, when you look at a lot of the successful males out there, especially in the movies, like Scarface and um, have you ever seen Wolf on Wall Street? Yeah. Everybody That has. man had a bunch of hoes. <laughs> like, what successful man doesn't? 
but it's like what it kind of just ties into what he's saying though. They feel like since they have that power, like it's just there. Right, like, it's there now. Like you at my like, leisure. This but what shit's does here. you what does you <laughs> having billions of <laughs> like, power have to do with you being entitled to my body? Like Dave Chappelle when Rick James licked the side of the girl's face. <laughs> right. I'm Rick James. Bitch. Yeah, exactly. Like they just feel I'm like expressing they, my power now. Because I, I got so that money, I feel like I could just throw it at you. And it's like it's crazy because a lot of the times like when you really put it into perspective like that, I mean, I feel like maybe they feel like if I show you this little bit of power, you already know the money's there, so you know the respect is there. They're basically mm-hmm. saying if this girl is going to jump, she's going to jump because she see the money. Like The money don't equal respect, though. So what are you talking about? It doesn't, but it re- it's you- not respect in the aspect of respect, but it's respect of knowing, like, I got this money, so you can either get with it or not. And, you and mean power. What a, yeah, I Power guess and respect go hand in hand. Like, you, you won't respect anybody who's not powerful. Maybe I'm mishearing her. Okay, I know money, power, respect, et cetera, but what does that have to... How are you correlating that to how men approach it and deal with women? Just as far as, like he said in the board meeting, like, if the girl is there and, like... How can I put it? So if the girl is there and she knows that he has that money or whatever, some girls, they may go with it. But for the ones who don't go with it, they're they're probably a little bit less. Those would be the ones to report it. I forgot where I was going with it. But it's just to say, basically, like. When you're in the when you're in whatever situation that it is, you're just sitting there and you're looking at this person and you're like, okay, I know you gonna you're gonna be the one who signs my paycheck. You're gonna want to you're gonna be the one who does all of this. Yeah, so, you can affect my life. Yeah. So I guess so they it's got respect. power over you. I guess it's respect as in well, not respect. Yeah, you're right. It's power like that. Knowing that you have that power and feeling like I have to respect that, like that's where it probably becomes. Well, that respect, I mean, that power is going to be the respect. I don't understand where you're coming from in terms of you, that don't mean you respect. Yes, you do. You do respect them. You can say you don't respect police, but if they get in your face and say, motherfucker, lay down or I'm going to shoot you, your respect is in your actions. You're going to listen to them. So what is it that you feel like? You feel like if your actions don't correlate with your thoughts, that then you, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't tie together? Like what... I'm trying to understand, like, your thought process as far as power and respect. You feel like power and respect don't go hand in hand? Not in the context, which you just said, that's what matters, of Me Too and women feeling threatened in situations with their superior. Mm-hmm. No. In general, of course. I'm not dumb. But I'm saying in a way of where we started this conversation, like... Yeah, just because you're powerful to have money, it's you may respect their power if that's what you're saying, but respect right. you so is a different thing. Some, For I me, mean, so you want to detach the person from the actual. I think we do that a lot because you know so. the, what power they hold, like we're talking about. But I mean, this conversation is going a little bit left. But I think <laughs> I get what you were trying to say, though. Like I get, I think at the end of the day, it's based on our perceptions, our experiences, and I mean. What I guess the better question is, do we think it will change? Like this whole men being in power and then having this, this um, I guess patriarchy, you know, and what? You know, I, I don't do well with that. <laughs> Speak on no, it. No, um, yeah, I think um, what you're seeing right now is the the death of white male patriarchy. So, you know. Well, speaking of men just just jumping out the boat and just with their entitlement and um feeling like they could do whatever when it comes to women. Mm-hmm. Uh, these abortion laws that are being 
um, proposed. So um, the article I'm reading from Time, it says, Alabama this week signed the most aggressively anti-abortion law in recent American history. If enacted, the law would only permit abortions only if the mother's life is at risk or if the fetus cannot survive, but not in cases of rape or incest. Right. Um, that's so, Alabama. So Alabama, it was in, in cases of incest. And, and what else? But not in the cases of rape or incest. Um, that's just Alabama. Right. But in reference to Missouri, Ohio, and Georgia, oh, lovely Georgia, they have pursued what's called the heartbeat bill. And they would ban abortion as soon as a physician is able to detect a fetal heartbeat. So meaning they don't have those same um, requirements. It's just if it's a heartbeat, it's a no. So um, it's a pretty heavy topic. I know, I mean, if you guys don't want to speak on it, if you're pro-life or not, that's fine. No, um, we can talk about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> for me, I just feel like we all, well, we should all know about Roe versus Wade and like how much, how impactful that was. And I just think it's crazy. I've been seeing a bunch of articles and shows and it doesn't feel, it feels like they're saying one thing, like we're regulating this because X, but that's not really what it is. It's just wanting to have control and like, I don't. I just. I just don't understand it at all. But before I go deeper, what do you guys think about this proposed law and abortion in itself? Oh, you want me to go? Yeah, so, can. so look. <laughs> this is again. This is the death of uh, white male patriarchy or white uh, supremacy. Really, um, the whole purpose of the bill is that I. It, you don't even have to really dissect it too much. The whole purpose of the bill really is white women are not having enough kids. White white folks are having a negative uh, birth rate. So they're set to be in a position where they will no longer exist. It's hard to... When you have a negative birth rate, in most uh, animal... <laughs> yeah, yeah. In most uh, kingdoms or animal kingdoms, that ends up being an extinction of a species. You understand that, right? Mm-hmm. Like white you, people are going to be extinct. Go ahead. It's damn near impossible to reverse a negative birth rate. Okay. So with that... They see the writing on the wall. So what they're doing, if you look at the bill and who passed it, it if you look at the picture, I saw a few pictures of, the, of each of the states of the people who passed the bill. It's old white men who passed the bill. The reason being, they want their white women to have children. They want them to stop getting abortions because they have more abortions than anybody else. Really? They want them to have children. Okay, what do you think, Mike? <laughs> like it's, it, you can we can dive into it more than that, but yeah, we don't like, have that's to. the. I mean, from what it is, I mean, when you look at things as a grand whole, I mean, that that does sound like it's a possibility as well. But I guess in a sense, I'm I, I just feel like even though that may be true at the end of the day, like. We we should have that deciding right, like me. I'm not going to lie, I am pro-choice, but at the end of the day, I do feel like it's another woman's right to determine what she wants to do with her body because at the when it's all said and done and you're the person that's welcoming that child into your life and you're not ready for that, that impacts you and that impacts the child as well. So forever. Exactly. So and then like, you know, people they they're so quick to say, "Well, you could give it up for adoption, but People never really look at it like a woman is carrying their baby for nine months. They'll probably get attached. And not everybody wants exactly. to adopt 
or put the baby up for adoption. Go ahead. Exactly, exactly. Like, and look at how many kids out there who have been in the adoption or who's been in the system for years who hasn't ever gotten that chance to have a family. Like, right. It to me, I feel like at the end of the day, like you should just be able to make that choice yourself. Like, what applies to me may not apply to you. Okay. okay. Huh. Okay. Oh, so I definitely agree with that. I'm pro having say over your body. So in exactly. in every way, especially when it comes to the thing that women solely are able to do. Well, technology is another thing, mm-hmm. but in reference to carrying a child, delivering a child, we know in most cases, even when that child has been birthed and is walking this planet, they're usually the primary caregiver, nurturer, teacher, you know, and not in every situation, but I'm just saying, like, if it's going to fall on somebody, it's going to fall on the mother. There's great instances where it's both, or there's instances where the father has to take over, but I just feel like just out of nature, even if you look at nature, like you were talking about animals earlier, like, it's the mother that watches over the child. So I feel like if I have that responsibility and that weight or that right to do that, why don't I have a right beforehand like at conception now i've seen a lot of conversations about like oh if she's raped in xyz people blaming and stuff like that but people love to jump to the extremes even if i'm a married woman in the best of what you would call situations and ideal and i decide i don't want to bring a child to term that may be more controversial, but I'm not. I think people think. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me stop you there, because and you starting to get into what I want to really talk about. So let me just ask both of y'all. So what part? Because I know you read the bill a little bit, and what cases they're not going to allow. So for the most part, it's like rape and incest. They'll they'll allow you. Um, then for like you said, Georgia, but that has a caveat. Have, you have to report it, and people will be reporting that shit. But go ahead. We're going to get into that, too. Keep that in mind. So with that said, so you have rape and incest. And for Georgia, I think it was the heartbeats for like six to eight week term. You know, which Most a lot women of don't people, know they're pregnant until six weeks. So exactly. that's another thing. But go ahead. So with all that said, like what parts, so what parts do you disagree with in terms of the bill? And we're just going to keep it very detailed. So for the bill for Alabama, I think it was like rape and incest was the situation. What parts do you what they they weren't charging the the women they were charging the doctors right nobody should be charged what I'm saying right, right, right. is if I, I just want to make sure I make that <clears throat> distinction so people understand because right. they may not know I'm answering your question you said what parts of it are do we agree with or not mm-hmm. I think any time you telling me what to do at any point I'm disagreeing it's not okay. about you choosing <laughs> oh if it's rape then you're good if it's incest you're good oh you just decided oh no not you no any woman that willingly has a mm-hmm. desire to do so so it should be up to her okay Period. so you feel so do you feel and don't bring the man into this at all hey we can bring him into this but I, I'm not even gonna step into that yet but so do you feel like in all cases, no matter what, a woman should be able to abort, abort the child, regardless of the circumstance, no matter what? Okay, so let's not jump out the window. No, no, no. We're not jumping out the window. No, you we are. Said, you said no, you every just said, circumstance. You just said uh, if a woman was in a, in a marriage and she gets pregnant and you just don't feel like having a child, you would abort the child or you, you, you would be okay with her aborting the child. You just said that. That's not. And a listener you to just, her. Brie, okay. You just, <laughs> you just said that. You said that was more controversial, but that's what you agree with. That's yes not what or no. I said. The listeners who can press the rewind button right now, my words were, 
you shouldn't be able to tell her what to do. I didn't say I would be okay with that. I'm saying me, I control me. She controls she. It doesn't matter what I'm okay with. That's what I'm saying. You don't get to tell me. I don't get to tell her. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying all... That's the whole point. You're trying to put a box on it. I'm saying fuck the box. Your body is your body. So you should just be able to have an abortion no matter what. That's all I want. I want you to give me a yes or no. But that's... You should be able to have an abortion. Okay, thank you. She gave me a yes or no. Can you give me a No, I'm not. I need you to listen to me. This is part of the problem what you're doing right now. You are putting it in a box and you're saying this box is this That's cool? not a box. I just said... This you... situation, this scenario, you're saying no. the question... The <laughs> listen, question... listen, listen, because I know you, you're you not operating on... Look, listen to me. I said in any situation, that's not a box. That's opening a wide up. For any situation, are you okay with an abortion in any situation? That's a yes or no. You said no boxes. Okay, so, so for the listeners yes. that understand the point I'm coming okay, from. Okay, she's not going to answer, folks. It's not about not answering it. <laughs> You're asking me to have a, a, a say, and the exact thing that I'm saying is I shouldn't have a say. So I get what you're trying to ask me, but my whole point is I shouldn't have a say. So you're literally saying, okay. Just say yes. Then, then that's a yes. You're okay, okay with them having a choice see what no I'm matter what. About? Like, that makes, that's crazy. That's not crazy. That's, oh, my God. I'm saying maybe, am I, am I, maybe somebody can tell me. I'm not saying I'm not saying whether or not you are okay with You anything. literally just said No, you're I'm saying okay. I'm not saying that you're okay with everything. Oh I'm asking No, I'm asking because you said you you shouldn't have a decision on it. So with the bill specifically, you're saying you're against it so you so what you're saying is you're okay. I'm against regulating a, a woman's okay, body. Okay, then. So, so it's a yes, then. You're no, okay it's not. With, your initial you're question You're okay was, with any situation, no matter what, people should have a choice to have an abortion. That's your, that's your position. I'm not saying I'm against that. I think you're perceiving me to I say I'm against that, so about, now you don't, don't want to say That's the point. What your you're point against. of view is irrelevant to me. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And my point of view should be irrelevant to you. That's the point I'm making. I'm not speaking a certain way because you feel a certain way. That's the point. It's irrelevant. Like, how I feel about what should happen shouldn't even be a factor. It shouldn't even be a yeah. question. It shouldn't mm-hmm. even be an answer. It should be, I take care of this. You take care of that. So I, you think I'm trying to skate around? I'm not skating around. Mm-hmm. And I hope that people <clears throat> listening get exactly what I'm saying. The point I'm making is the question should not even be asked. And that's the whole so should, reason why So should abortion this, be legal? Let's just... Is that a yes or no? We're not going to skip past is what I'm saying. Because yes no? you're trying to rush past no, the point I'm making. So, <laughs> you just said don't create a box, so we're not creating a box no more. I'm it not should creating abortion a box. Be illegal, oh, you're being be rude now. or legal? You're being rude. What I'm, sa- what I'm trying to say to you and the listeners is... The whole point that you're trying to get a stance is the reason why we're in this situation. Like, men shouldn't be sitting at boardrooms regulating and deciding when and what and how. That's my whole point. But you vote. You get a chance to vote on anything you want. So, based on your logic, we shouldn't vote on anything. Everybody should, there should be no laws. Everybody should do whatever the fuck they want to do. We're speaking about that. But that's what you're saying. saying (laughs) No, but I'm saying, I I didn't even ask you what you feel morally. We're talking about abortion. Right. I'm not saying what you feel morally. I'm saying, should it be legal? Yes or no? You won't even give me a yes or no on that. But you're sitting here saying we shouldn't have a say on it. So, obviously, the assumption is that you're okay with abortion. That should be legal. I'm not saying I'm against that. I'm just asking you. The reason why I'm pressing it so hard is because usually when we be on the show... 
you will not give me a yes or no or any type of like specific answer. I just want to hear if you yes or no on that. Oh, so you should saying, abortion so be legal? So you're saying I'm, I have a history of not giving a yes or no? No, no, not always, but it's a lot of times where we discuss these because things. Because for me, I don't life answer, is not so black wanna, and white, and when it comes to things that are life changing so and health abort- changing, that's not. I have no say on what another woman does. But that's does. not controversial. We talking politics. We talking law. Everybody got an opinion on it. You can say yes or no regardless. My opinion is we should can, not regulate each other's bodies. That's my opinion. So then you say, so abortion should be legal. Just say yes, Kay. That's all. We, can we get past it? We've been arguing for on. about five minutes. Let's move on. Abortion should be legal, yes or no? I've said what I need to say. Okay. All right. But anyway, so, and the reason why I keep trying to get an answer is I'm trying to get it to the next, the next step of all this. So, with all of that said, we have these laws now. They affect, regardless of however you feel, if it should be legal or illegal, we now have this law. So what are you prepared to do to change anything or to act you know, differently as a result of this law? Because you live in a state that this is going to affect you if, if this is your situation. So do you feel like you're going to act any different? Is there anything, is there any words of advice? Because I'm a man. I'm not finna step into tell y'all what y'all should do. I'm saying, it, that's the whole reason I've been arguing with you for the longest time right now to just get a yes or no. What are you prepared to do? What, what do you feel should happen from this point with women? Do you feel like if this law remains in place, what, is, what, would you, what advice would you give the women who are living under, under these states? Miley. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, I guess the only thing that we really can do is try to protest and maybe see if there's any way that we can have it appealed. Um, but you know, it's not into effect though, right? It's being proposed. It has yeah. to go through the courts, yeah. et cetera, but go ahead. But if there is any way to where, if it was, we definitely should try to protest that. And we should start trying to protest it now before they even try to take it to effect. Like, they are. It, yeah. <laughs> there are protests happening. Because, I mean, listen, a part of me understands why. Like, I, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. There are women out here who are really taking full advantage of being able to get an abortion at any point in time. Like, some women, you're like seven months pregnant and you're mm-hmm. out here getting abortion. Like, <laughs> I I'm don't saying, mean to look, laugh, but... So, look, but I, it's important for us to bring up those things because exactly. I, I, want, I want... So, I think with, 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 with everything that's going on, it's important for us to have laws in place. If we're going to be a so-called civilized society, we do have to have a certain set of rules or whatever. So it's not outside of the norm to have certain rules around actions. Governing bodies are going to create. You have liberties. You don't have ultimate freedom. If you have ultimate freedom, you can go and do whatever the fuck you want to do, and nobody going to arrest you. So we have liberties here. So my question was, was it's more so like, you know, and, and I guess you, you kind of answer that. What would you say should happen from this point? With women, like, what should you all do outside of protesting? Because so, we protesting to people who <laughs> they just passed the damn law, yeah, so you protesting exactly. the same people. I, I mean, okay, I, my rule, my thumb goes to the women out there who are constantly getting abortions. Now that I'm not gonna lie, like, <laughs> listen, I'm sorry. Listen, go ahead, go ahead, listen. go ahead. But you okay, know the ones you. I'm talking about, though. Like, I listen. <sighs> We all got that one friend who this this her fourth abortion this month. Like, 
It's terrible. They got a cutoff point you, at you the clinic. The, do they got a cutoff point? Exactly. Like, okay. like I, I mean, but once again, I do understand. Um, it is your body. So if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. However, mm-hmm. I do understand why they are trying to put certain limitations on it. Because once again, where I don't care how many times that you've had an abortion. My thing is, is if you're seven months pregnant and you are really out here trying to get an abortion, then you need to be a little bit more careful as far as how long you have waited, I guess. Just because of the simple fact, like at that point, that is a baby. They are able to feel what you're doing to them at that point. And I, I, I get it. I get it all. Like it is their right to decide when they mm-hmm. want to do it. However, that is something that I am uncomfortable with. So if they put a place, a law about something like that, I'm not going to lie. That would be something that I would semi stand by. Like I wouldn't be against it, but I wouldn't, you know, I would be for it, but I wouldn't right, right. be against it if that makes any sense. No, Just because like, come on, man. Seven yeah, months. Yeah, we can't have an eight month, nine month exactly, abortion. Like, that, that's that's murder then. We just live at yeah, that point I, out the womb. Like. That's where, I'm not going to lie, it hurts me because, like, that's a baby. Like, they can feel this. Like, that's that's a life right. life, you know? So that that would be my limitation, I guess, on it. Like, okay. Yes. But okay. how do you um, feel? I think for me, um, of course, we have to draw a line somewhere, even with saying... We're all entitled to our own choices, right? Like, I can't remember the specifics of it, and I was having trouble finding an article, but I can remember years ago hearing about what they called an abortion where, let's just say the woman's like six or seven months, they would have her actually deliver the baby, and they would keep the eyes of the baby closed because I guess that they don't see they're not alive, and they would crack the baby's skull. Now, that's where I would draw the line. Now, am I drawing the line on the woman's right no, but I am drawing the line on, like, I think it was only, pe- like, fetuses that basically, I guess, would be, like, a vegetable art of life or just yeah. basically have no quality of life. Yeah. But then again, we're right. making decisions for a life, so that's why it's, like, murky water. So when huh? you get... Well, if it's... It, uh, for all intents and purposes, the baby dead, basically. Like, if, well, we if it's a vegetable... It. No, I'm not saying... Well, Because veg- I think that was one of them. Like, one of the states was, like, if if the baby, like, if it won't survive, if there's a birth defect to where yeah, it won't survive... Yeah, it's not survive, a viable fetus. Yeah, then it's, it's going to die anyway. Well, yeah, I'm not so, talking about those. I'm saying, like, the ones that will have... They're technically alive, like, a heartbeat, brain, et cetera, but they have... Their ailment is to the point where you would have to... Basically, they'll be 40 years old, and you still have to take care of them like you would an infant because they're just... They have... Their ailment is to that level. So the point I'm making is... If a woman has 16 abortions or six abortions or whatever, I'm not here to judge. I do understand that there's a responsibility with first your own body mm. because if you having that many abortions, it's a bigger conversation to be had, right? Uh, right. Mm-hmm. But then that's <laughs> when we get sticky again because you have that... Oh, it's already sticky. That's why we're in this situation. I'm saying... We have that, <laughs> like, 14-year-old that has an incestual raping father mm-hmm. that has been pregnant four or five times, and all that she can do is go get an abortion because her dad don't want the world to know what he's doing to her. And then you got Miss Freakum Loose No Regard for Nothing, <laughs> and exactly. she can do what she wants. See, I know how I feel like I heard past shows, but I'm just saying there's levels to it. Like, exactly. there's irresponsibility, and there's... I'm in a position where... 
this is just what my life is. And until I could get outside of this, this is what I have to do. So yeah. and I totally there's levels to it. There's there's it's it's just not black and white. And I know you like me to speak definitively. I'm not saying that's everybody's thing, but I feel like it's my choice. Um, the government shouldn't be able to tell me when, how, and where. But mm. when it comes to violence, meaning, like I said, about crack, like the baby, seven months, you crack and skulls, et cetera, or um, you're putting a mother in harm, you know, like things like that that will cause either myself or my fetus harm, whether it's now or at birth, I feel like that's when the conversation can maybe be regulated. But I, I think ultimately it should be up to the mom. So, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I am a man, right, saying it, but... I'm okay with any situation. If it, if we're talking about law, just like what's legal, I'm okay if we our current how whatever the current setup is where you know anybody right now it's a heartbeat. Well, it in depends Georgia. on yeah yeah it depends on what state you're in. But in general, if if the situation is like you know if we just have a hard restriction on what time frame you can have it, I'm okay with that. I feel like that's more than responsible. For anybody, yeah. like so the outside time of frame the is six weeks. You saying if it's six weeks across the board, you cool with that? Is that what so, you're saying? So the, if the time frame is five months or or whatever the case, I think in, in a lot of states it's like they won't have it past like five or five months or I something think so, like that. Yeah. So I'm okay if we going if you want to bring it a little back to four months, wh- whatever you want to do, whatever time frame we can agree upon would be okay with me. I think, and I think six to eight weeks is a little early. Of course, everybody won't know. I think you probably should know if you fucked somebody raw right. six weeks ago. You probably it, should be checking on when that. When it's all said but and done, it's personal accountability as that well. That too, but that's like, what I want to get into. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, you know, it, when I'm rocking with somebody and I know that we're having unprotected sex, I make sure that I at least take a pregnancy test once a month. And I go to the dollars. You could buy a dollar pregnancy test. They work just the same. Like, <laughs> oh, for real? Let's keep it 100. Hey, yes. They, they yes. Dollar story, like, let's keep right. it 100. Like, there is a point to where there's self-accountability that comes into play. I will take a pregnancy test at least once a month or once every five weeks, whatever it is, just because yeah. of the simple fact I know I don't want to be put into In that, that position. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't it like it wouldn't there's it something to be said about being proactive, so I get what you're saying exactly. But that's my condoms, condoms, that's not exactly the other millions Look. of women in and the world, which is why I say, like, for myself, I am pro choice, but when it comes to other people. I mean, I, for myself, I'm pro-life, but when it comes to other people, it's what you want to do. It's what's, what works for you. However, I'm just saying, like, there is that self-accountability in there as well, right. like, to where, like, you under, it gives you that little understanding of, okay, well, maybe we should be a little bit more self-conscious of what we're out here doing, like, because the, it's the truth. So you speaking on, so that's why I, I want the conversation to be where it's laws versus codes. We always going to have a certain laws that, you know, right or wrong, you know, even when we had Jim Crow, the laws were against us, but we had certain codes that we abided by that were totally separate from whatever the government told us we had to do. So the law should be wide open to where we can we can appreciate or take into account any situ- anybody's situation openly. Exactly. And as long as you fit within the time frame, like, yeah, I think one of the things was if you're raped, you have to report it. Honestly, I, I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. And I know you may have a problem with that, but it, I, I'm speaking in assumption. But, like, if you were raped and you get pregnant, I think you should go ahead and, and do a police report. And I know that's counter of a lot of what psychologists and certain 
the certain conversations we've been having as to why women don't report. I think when we get into that situation, the new paradigm or the new code, not law, but the new code should be when whenever whenever you get raped and you get pregnant, bro, you should off rip. That's that's a no brainer. You go report it. I just think that's common sense. But in terms of like the law itself, we should have it wide open to where it's like if it's going to be four or five months or whatever the term is. After that point, you can't have an abortion. I'm good with that. Yeah, but me too. when it comes to the code, personal accountability, that's why I'm more, I'm, I'm going to be sound like a Republican on that bitch. Because yeah, like... I feel like, look, we're to the point now, you understand, you know the, the, the risk of having sex. Exactly. We're not 15. We're You're not, not 15. 14. You fucking raw. You don't have, even at 15, you knew you fucking raw. There's a possibility you can get pregnant. You scared of pregnancy back So you're going to get a condom. What we going to do? We're going to get a condom. We're going to fuck with it. Oh, well, I don't like to fuck with a condom because it don't feel as good. Well, nigga, you making a decision now to where the state shouldn't jump in and help you because you made a bad mistake. Like, and you go, you passed the term of four months. And you knew that you made this mistake. Now you're trying to hide it. Like you, to a certain degree, you got to live with you. You got to live with your choices. At one point. And I'm not for aborting a child and killing a child because that's exactly what's going on. Like we, the if it's a perfectly healthy baby, if it's carried the term, it's going to be a, a healthy baby. Baby, then you're, you're killing the kid. That, like, and that's what it is. When morally, it, I'm okay with it. If we're if we're speaking within the realm of before four months, cool. Like it, that's cool. But once we get past that point and then you still make the decision, like you said, somebody like six or seven months into a pregnancy, now you want to abort because financially you couldn't handle it. Well, nigga, you shouldn't have even been fucking raw. Period. You should have been out here getting to the money. Exactly. Because if you broke, because a lot of cases, let's be honest, that's a lot of reasoning. cases where people are having abortions, you know, and that's not, that's not the whole, that's not always the case. But in a lot of cases, you have a lot of people in poverty who are, and that's not just black. I'm just, again, a lot of white folks is having pre- uh, abortions too. But what you have is you have all these people making these, they, they out here fucking freely and not getting into money. And that's part of the reason why you're in the situation you're in. You need to be getting to the money. So nobody should be jumping in to help you because you made a bad decision and it's going to fuck you up even more financially. That's part of the reason why you're in the situation you're in. I don't think that the state should jump in if you decide six or seven months down the line that you no longer want to have a kid because financially it's going to fuck you up. You should have been thinking about that when you were fucking this nigga raw, this broke nigga raw. Broke, look at, <laughs> listen, I understand broke saying. nigga dicks be good, but at the end of the day... <laughs> I know because that's all, got, a lot of times that's gotta, all you got. Exactly. You feel me? You're going to master to be that. A little, you have to be a little bit more conscious and aware and... Also, another thing is, is my sisters, we be out here just throwing that thing left and right. Like, be consistent with one person. Like, this is your body. What I, what we forget a lot of the times is that when we're having sex, sex is used to procreate. It's right. really not meant for us to just be it's, out here it's having It's not fun. just for pleasure. Exactly. We're meant to procreate. Like, literally, that's the only way that you can make a baby is by having sex. So, what do you expect? To happen when you have sex. The end result is supposed to be the creation of life. Exactly. So when you keep that in mind, when you're making the conscious decision, you should be also taking better care of that and keeping that responsibility in the back of your mind or the sense of that responsibility in the back of your mind. 
Okay, so I feel like the listeners have definitely gotten a feel for how all of us feel about this particular subject. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to touch on, but before we move past this abortion discussion, mm-hmm. did y'all have anything else y'all wanted to add? Oh, no. Nah, I mean, we pretty much touched on it. I mean, I think the family know what we all yeah. feel. With okay. the exception of Kay, because Kay not really talking <laughs> right now, but it's okay. No, I talked a lot. <laughs> and you said how you felt about what I said. I, I said what I said. Okay. Um. So... Something that got me to thinking, you guys may have heard about the father, um, Martin Pereira, I'm not sure how to say his name, who burned his daughter, who I believe she was like three years old, Zoe um, Pereira, in a car. Um, he specifically put strapped her into her car seat, um, put gas tanks in the vehicle, chained like the back left and right door to each other. Basically, I guess if she found a way to get out of her car seat, she wouldn't be able to get out of the that's car. A, that's a lot, bro. Go ahead. A lot. He chained the car, um, doused the vehicle, and he actually ended up getting 70-degree um, burns to his own body. They say he, like, jumped into a nearby pond or something. They don't know if he meant to set himself on fire or not. Probably not or whatever. Yeah. Probably but not. my thing was when I read more about the story, um, he and his girlfriend, wife, whatever she is to him, were in the middle of a custody battle. And this was basically him trying to get back at the mom. And of course, this story in itself is, it's deplorable. It's heartbreaking. It's saddening. It's so many things. But specifically what it got me to thinking about was how many women, and you know, I'm a black woman, so my concern right now is us, how many black women die or are hurt or harmed at the hands of our partners. And I know this isn't every brother. I know some very stand-up men myself. Personally, I appreciate you. I love you. But there's a whole lot of my sisters who don't have that same privilege. And I myself, although I've never been, like, burned or nothing like that, like, even if it isn't physical harm, I've experienced emotional harm, deliberate emotional harm from my intimate partner. So I guess I just wanted to talk about it, um, especially to get everyone's opinion and, like, it's 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 an I don't want to call it an epidemic, but it kind of is. Like we're most, if you had to choose women in every ethnicity, we're most likely to die at the hands of our partners, meaning black women. And although in this particular instance he didn't kill the mom, he did it to get back at the mom. And I don't know, it just makes me sad. And it's just a conversation that I feel is worth having. And so, um, Miley, what do you think about that? Uh, that's definitely that's terrible. Just because I am a mother, uh, just that it's terrible. Just because I am a mother, so it's like you're literally thinking, I'm the type of person like my mind is just gonna think about the suffering that the child went through, and deliberate suffering. Exactly, and it's like you're thinking that baby really got she burned like her last few moments of life. It it's crazy, and I can only imagine how her mother feels to know that her child suffered at the fate of her father, like. The man man who you loved. Exactly. Exactly. And y'all are fighting over custody of the child and you burn the child. That's basically a way of like exerting your power. Like, well, if I can't have her, nobody will. Exactly. And that happens a lot. (laughs) And it's so crazy because it just goes into that thing once again of the man and the power, the power trips and how, you know, that aspect of it is. It's like you really did this to your child. Like, Everything beside you, like th- that, that your daughter has your DNA in you. You really did. It's mind boggling. A lot of sick people in the world. Um, Mansoray, what did you got to say about it? 
I oh, you gonna speak on it. You made me speak on everything. You gonna yeah, speak I, on I it. You gotta speak. To you gotta, I don't have any. <laughs> no, nah, you have to say something on this one. No, nah, um, no, nah, it's uh, it's unfortunate, of course. Um, I don't what really do know feel, what angle you want me to like go at because I'm it's trying like, to tell you. What um, do you feel about um the narrative or the fact, whatever way you want to look at it, of Black women being most likely to die at the hands of their male partners, whether it's husband, boyfriend, et cetera. Like, do you feel like... It, was that the statistic? Was yeah. I, I would need to hear the statistic. I'm not sure. I didn't see the... That so if you statistic. take a pie chart and you have... And it's talking about... Um, I saw... What ethnicity women, women are most likely to die at the hands of their intimate partners? And you have five ethnicities. We're most likely. So how do you feel about us being most likely so, in comparison to others to die at the hands of people we essentially love? So I, I don't... I haven't... I can't speak to that because I haven't seen that. But what I can say, I did see where black women were most likely to be murdered out of all women. I saw that. Okay. So, I mean, that's a whole different thing. But... um. I don't know, man. Uh, the only thing I can say is, you know, I can't say that it's it's all black men. I can't say of it's a large not. number. So I don't know. It, when you start looking at uh, percentages on on you know different statistics, I know how that shit goes. Like the FBI statistics. Whenever you start doing like you know pro 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 rata whatever the fuck. Uh, where you start looking into percentages as opposed to the raw numbers, then shit kind of gets skewed, and so it's hard to okay, really so say. Okay, so let's say forget the percentages. Because it could be a it could be a, a way larger number of white women who are being killed. But we not we don't care about so that not in this conversation. I can't so say. I'm not saying compare us. I'm right. saying the fact that it's happening at all mm-hmm. to black women at the hands of their partners. How do you feel about that? I mean, of course, I don't I don't want to see that. I don't ever want to see that. But do you so, feel like I know psychiatrists? Uh, Vance Ray ain't shut up now. <laughs> exactly. You don't feel like it's. Because of some type of, I don't know, DNA thing. You think it's because of how society set up? DNA. I'm just, you won't speak. I'm trying to give you shit <laughs> exactly. to speak on. Clearly, you don't agree not, with DNA. Clearly, it's not, it's not DNA. I know it's course, not. I'm trying then, to get you to speak on it. Because the thing is, when we have this conversation, even for black, for black folks, it starts to get into a, a conversation of like, the psychology of black folks and there's something genetically wrong with black folks to where this is happening. Like, that's not the case. That's not what I was trying so, to say. So yeah, no, no, but I'm like saying... I, I want you wanna, to tell me I'm what telling, you no, think no, no, is listen, a factor. Listen, so I'm, I'm just saying that let's rule that part out because I don't even want that to be a part of the conversation because that's not a real conversation. So, but for me, if you look at... And of course, anything with crime, anything dealing with crime, normally it's going to come with poverty. So... You got to take that shit into account too. Like a large major, a large number of black women and black men, and, and we we assuming we're saying black men, but I can quote to you like damn near twenty stories off the top of this year and last year where it was like black women went disappearing. We just had one recently uh, over in Missouri where a black woman went missing, and it was at the hands of this white dude she was dating. It's another one over in Africa, in South Africa, that I heard about. It was a real popular like singer or something in South Africa. Her boyfriend was white, and she. So I don't want to say it's black men. It's just if we're just gonna talk about it, then it's gonna be a situation where we're talking about society itself and what's created. I didn't say black men. I said their partners. Right, right, right. So, so the thing is, if you look at domestic violence in general, I mean. The the numbers are just are what they are. Like people people are are violent by nature, because of the way society has bred them. 
society, this society has been built off violence. So it don't shock me like it's... So you're saying it's part of the really horse, know what, is what I guess you're because saying. <laughs> when we have the conversation of domestic violence, I don't really know what it is people want to talk about outside of just general violence, like the nature of people in society. Like, it don't stem from nothing else. It's not like... It's not like there's so it's something not that inherently deep. wrong. We're naturally violent. Is that what I'm hearing you it's saying? It's not. No, not us. I'm saying it's it's something. In, it, it's not something to where it's something inherently wrong. Because we're talking about black women. You brought up the number with black women for My focus is always black people. And, and generally, here's the thing that people don't know. Generally, black men and women, we have like the highest number of people who stay within race. So generally, it's black men and women who are together, right? Right. So when we're having a conversation, what I'm saying is, I don't. I, I, I feel uncomfortable. I feel like you feel like you'd be speaking against your brothers if you take a stance on this. Not really, because I'm not so really speaking against So why are you so kind of all over the place? Me, because I, it's like you. I you're talking like about domestic man, violence, you but a... it's you talking about domestic violence, but it's violence just across the board. Like they don't just but express it to their women. It's, it's all, everywhere. If so man, black men are so violent generally? generally? Man, no, for the men who are violent towards a woman, they just going to be violent nature, period. No matter... They're not out here being, uh, uh, you know, angels so with we're people just, outside. So we black women are just collateral damage to these violent people. And they happen to be black well, men. Let's, well, here's another thing on that conversation, because we, we say that, but we don't talk about the violent nature of the, of the relationship, period. So one of the parts, because I, I don't... And I don't like speaking negative on black people in general, period. No, but let's just You know what I'm saying? Facts. That's why I don't I feel uneasy. But the thing is, if we're gonna talk about it, a lot of these situations, because I work security, you know my my history. I work where I see a woman and a man outside beating each other up. And generally that woman usually gets called for domestic violence. And just so happens this man turned around and killed her one night because he got fed up with getting hit, and, or they going at it all the time. Or situations I've been in to where a man and a woman outside beating each other down, and I go in to step in, and a motherfucker, the woman turn around and try to put her hands on me for stopping her man. So that's why, like, this situation, it's usually two, it's usually, I'm not saying this all the time, but from what I've witnessed, you have two people who are acting the similar. They've drawn to each other and they act very similar in how they act, whereas they're both violent. You have two people who mentally or verbally abusive towards one another. It turns physical and some shit happens. Like that's just what it is. I don't I don't know what else you want me to tell you. No, that, they that need was to be good, on somebody's just, psychology couch. But I don't That was like good what you just said though. Like you're you're basically saying these individuals oftentimes have like minds or like behavior and the ultimate uh casualty, which is death, is just something that happens as a result of that. So yeah, like that's saying. usually what stems from it, and I, and I know people like, damn, he's dancing around this month because, like, I don't, I don't like talking about the. I'm like, part of the reason why we we kind of took like a slight hiatus. A lot of times, I want to get my mind away from the negative shit, and I don't even like talking about negativity when it comes to black. I don't people like talking about abortions and women's so, rights, but we got to speak on stuff. Sometimes. But I feel like that's a that's a conversation to where something. Because I, I think a lot of people have a misconception You're of a that. black man, and that's how you feel about that, and I'm a woman, and that's how I feel about that. So I think we could just understand each other's position. Like, you're a man, so you don't like talking about domestic violence because that's usually a man is, has a role in domestic violence, right? right. A and man I'm has a, a role in abortion, too. 
But which, which, inherently, that's another conversation. Yeah, I don't even want to have around. that conversation because a lot focused. of people would disagree with me. I'm just saying, understand just, my position. Uh-huh. I get your position because you're a man and you don't want to talk about that because men are always involved in that. And abortions can only happen with women, and I'm a woman, so that's why I feel sticky about it. But what were you about to say, Miley? Oh, wait, 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 say what? <laughs> you should have been listening. Miley, no, no, no. No, the, the listeners what? heard me. The listeners heard so, me. So should, let me ask this. I, I know I'm stopping the flow of this shit. Do you feel like it's way more men who are verbally, mentally, or physically abusive in a relationship than there are women? I have no idea. And I'm not just trying to escape, escape okay. the question. Okay, like, I'm, I'm, just, that's no, good. I, yeah, I'm go not going to lie. I slick a part of me, yes, I do. But <laughs> just because uh-huh. of the simple fact, I feel like a lot of our men out here, they're hurt. Like I feel mm-hmm. like they've watched so much or they've got used to... Violence being normal. Exactly, exactly. Like, and I feel like they're. I just feel like I'm. A, we gonna have a moment. <laughs> I feel like our black men. I'm gonna say black men, just because I date black men. Obviously, um, I feel like the way that their minds in the way that they've been conditioned is to where it's really it's it's negatively impacting them. And I feel like that's why they go on the in the that's why they are enraged all the time, like because they feel like they have to be so strong or they feel like they have to be so powerful, X, Y, Z, whatever the case may be, that it just drives them crazy. And it's like the person closest to them ends up. Exactly. We all hurt the people that are the closest closest to us. And. Unfortunately, we as black women, like we're we're that and. It's just, like you said, it gets sticky. Like, so, it's fucked up so is what it is. It is. What you're talking about, and I'm glad you said that, like, what you're talking about is a lot of black men, we live under a system of white supremacy, so we feel like we have no power outside of our Yeah, and, and to be honest, I don't even feel like it's even just the white supremacy. I also feel like it's the upbringing. It's, it's the... We're going to talk about it a little bit. Exactly. I feel like it's the upbringing. I feel like it's all of that combined. I feel like it's not ever being shown how to love and not knowing that feeling of it's okay to love. Like, y'all have been denied and stripped that right for so long that when y'all feel like you express it, it's almost as if y'all feel like you're powerless, which... Or weak. Exactly, which is supposed to... Which you're supposed to feel with your woman, but because the way society has your mental, like, you feel like you can't do that with anybody. You feel like it's me versus everybody when it's really us versus everybody, you know? I can... Facts. I can say that's a piece, and I can also say a part of that, because I know the bigger conversation that you wanted to have was, um, like, black men protecting or empowering women. So, and that kind of goes into it, like, we're not, the lack of protection from black men is what a lot of women have a problem with right now. Right. Um, And I know, and I know this is kind of a separate story, but you had the the sister out there in Texas, uh, Pamela Turner, mm-hmm. who was killed by the cop. Pamela Shante Turner, but go ahead. I, I'm not feeling. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Turner, the, yes. The the woman who was out there in Texas, she was killed by a cop, and um, you had a brother who was filming it, filming and, the shit, and there. basically commentating like, "Oh shit, she got popped." Like, I think it was world stars. Shit. Stupid so, shit. I mean, I, I definitely feel the women. I, I I'll be the first to tell you we we don't have we no longer have a warrior class like that's non-existent. We don't have a a big large number of black men who are out here really protecting black women. And like you said, one part was upbringing, 
And I think, and this is going to touch some people, but I think if you look at the large number of men who don't have fathers in their home and they're mostly raised by women, we then began, began to mimic or, you know, show certain traits that normally when a man has that balance, they're able to catch themselves. So for me, I can catch myself and observe my emotions. I can observe That's my thoughts. That's a whole thoughts. other thing, though. You know what I'm saying? For I feel like a lot of men right now, very they're more emotionally in tune than they are in tune with their masculinity. And as a result... Wait, did you just compare emotionally and being in tune more, to... Ma- it's the opposite more of masculinity? Tune, they're more in tune with their emotional side than... Logical? Their logic side. Okay, then that makes more sense. Right, right. Yeah. Which is, no, so let, let's you talk. You said masculinity so, versus emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me say, masculinity and femininity, these are two things. You, your femininity. Both can be emotional. So your femininity is going to be your subconscious mind. That deals with, with creativity. That deals with emotion. That deals with intuitive thought. Those are That's separate, but that's your feminine side. I have a feminine so side. So if I'm intuitive, that I is, beat my woman's ass? I don't get it. What? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you trying to you be don't, going don't so try far to jump. Left. Look, no, but don't try ahead. to jump. Don't Sorry. try to jump Let's me. Back up All right, what back you said. it up. <laughs> men these days are what? more no. in tune. No, I'm trying to bring you back what you said. You said men are more in tune with their emotional side. With their emotions, so their feminine side right now because they they grew up around a lot of fem, a lot of women. Their, okay. their grandmother raised them or their we mother did a raised show them. About it, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're more in tune with their emotional. They're feminine. Okay. They're masculine. You kind of like, yeah, that's your logic side. That's dealing with the physical so world. So how does this tie in? That's gonna be that's gonna be your constructive the way that you act, or that's gonna be your your, but logic. your emotional side. Shouldn't so tell you to do something when dumb logic shit. escapes, when you have a lower level of logic, you you can't catch yourself in the emotional state where you're you're about to act on some shit. Those that are you facts. Feel. What does that have to do when with you what get you're angry, talking about? I'm saying. So she said. She said upbringing. A lot of black and I know this is gonna get again. This is gonna be get touchy. It's fine. We're always controversial. Black men, a lot of us come up in single family households. That's what it is. Like that's the statistics. You can yeah. look into it. A we lot know of us this, but let's tie it up. Mostly our women teaching and raising us on how to. I got to, that. Okay, I got that. but so let's then, just take the man who was recording. Right. right. What do you you're saying? It's likely that the reason why he didn't step in and protect. The woman is because he's more in tune with his emotional side and his logical side. Like I'm trying no, to no, tie no, it no. up. I think listen, it's more listen. so you, you, because he, he they never seen their mother get stood up for basically. In okay, so many I can. Terms. I don't know if you were making a separate well, fact yeah, or if you were tying a, that, it together. You, like where now are you, you bringing him you, into it? Listen, no, I, I don't understand I, the point you're trying to make. Okay, so because we bringing it back to because you had to come. We just had a conversation about domestic violence, right? right. It's a cycle. So we're talking about a man who is more in tune with his emotions than he is with his logic, then he understands. If you're a man who grew up with your, with your father, a lot of times you understand the, the destruction that you can do with your hands, with your physical body. Okay. All right? So if a man grew up around women and he didn't really get that, he didn't get those lessons. Maybe he didn't get them early enough or he got them later on, whatever the case. But he grew up in only seeing his mother deal with things emotionally and not usually with logic, a whole lot of logic. Not saying that's all women, but a lot of women make split decisions on lo- on emotion. That's just that's a, the, that's a that's thing. That's the narrative. Okay. That's, but that's that's a thing. Like generally, okay. you, you can't. But that and there's nothing wrong with that. That's why y'all are how y'all are, and y'all more creative than we are. But for a man, if a man is more in tune with the emotion and he doesn't understand the physical damage he can do, he a lot of times that's when you see these street niggas out here shooting up shit. They're acting off emotion. They're not thinking. 
They just out here blasting shit when they go home. They just out here, they, they girls say some shit they don't like. They go to beating their ass because he acting off his emotion. I just saw a video. My girl sent me a video uh, not too long ago. This girl was doing like an April Fool's breaking up with the dude. And he go to knocking her shit in, beating her shit in. Like mm. off of an April Fool's joke. And he, you can see the hurt in his eyes as he's sitting there hitting this girl and sitting there crying. Then when he stopped, the, the logic kicks in. Oh, don't be doing no shit like that. Like you, you don't see the 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 dual the yeah. duality I know what in you that. Mean. It was emotional. You gotta understand these men a lot, of, and and that's the sucker shit that I see. Then they also see their mothers, and again, well, I don't want to make this. <laughs> yeah, we about to wrap this up. No, but again, but they also see their mothers how they operate around other men, right? Okay. So a lot of black women. And, and we and we learned this over the years. This is a protection mechanism. They teach their they teach their their young boys. I even was taught it. You don't do certain things uh, to you know cops or whatever because the fear of death. Right. A lot of women they want to protect their sons, so they instill different uh, uh, lessons into in them to keep them protected, to stop them from acting on their physical when it comes to other men because of what the consequences could be. They can be locked up or they could be dead. Right. When it comes to white men, they don't teach them that with brothers. But that's what you see when you see a lot of brothers being scared to jump in and whoops and put hands on a cop. Is that's more recent because in the sixties and the fifties, we were sniping uh, cops off the rooftops. You do know that, right? Yeah. A lot of black folks was out here putting in work. They was killing. They was killing cops. It was killing white folks when they was coming in to drive people out the towns. It was black men who. You know, was stepping in and putting in work. We were organizing. I get what you're saying. So then you ask. So then we have to ask why now. The why now is the reason she said upbringing. That's a large part of everything that's going on. We have so people who are, are not back in tune. To single mothers, which stems back to why is she single? So what do we do to? Mm-hmm. Affect change. How do we? Because if we're saying, like you just said, it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. It starts one way, and it's a domino effect that explodes and become ripples out to other right. things. And if we are all saying the same thing, that it starts with upbringing, which starts with the home, basically. And I know you're really big on the home and like a family unit, etc. It sounds like a lot of our shit would be better and different if we would focus on having a family unit and moving differently. And That's, stop yeah. out here having sex with people <laughs> But I'm saying, like, yes, a lot of stuff can be dealt with on that level. If you just look at it on a very basic level, when you organize, because we talk about family, you're talking about organizing. It's the same shit. You just choose to organize with these collective group of people. I mean, you do doing more than organizing with your wife, but go ahead. No, you that's really so that's really what you're doing. You're organizing your life. You're creating you're creating a lineage, you're creating a legacy. That's, okay. that takes organization. You're not okay. you're not just out here I would hope not. You're not just out that's here planning. That's where abortions come. <laughs> <laughs> so you but basically so the family to rectify it is to basically reinstate our the value we used to put on a family unit and being together and the whole. family because remember even when for me I remember for me in Miami even in the early nineties like it was still a sense of community like if I went and did some shit down the street they would whoop my ass of and course send it was them a back village to my get my ass it was a village everybody weren't turning their head and and filming shit it ain't nothing but like that know, right now I, you right would now. never see that now but when you but how when you really think. Mm-hmm. When you really think of it, how did we get to this point? It's because of the simple fact, like, we got tired of our family members being in our business. 
Like that's really <laughs> where all of this stems Is that from. what it is? I feel like that's where all of this this separation comes from. People got tired of their family being in their business. They got tired of hearing people's opinions of what they felt was best for them when it's like really we forget like when people give us advice, it's there. We don't have to take it to heart and we don't have to take it. It's just advice. Like you're just being advised. That's so. that's dope. I I'm glad you said that. So and I know I'm ping, we ping pong it, my bad, Kay, but the the thing is with her saying that, it brings me back to something else. We we had a doing like the eighties and the like the late eighties and the early nineties, what we had was a rebellious nature with a lot of the young folks, right? So or people in their twenties or whatever who grew up through the eighties and they saw their parents on crack and they saw all this devastation with their family. And they like, man, shit, I don't want to be at them at any That's cost. A lot of the separation happened. So a lot of the separation happened during that during the period of the eighties and in the seventies. Yeah, I don't think too. it was so much about people being nosy. I think it was a lot of systematic well, shit. With like, yeah. I mean, I know people feel that way, but I don't think yeah. that's what has caused this generational feel, gap. Of but what she's saying, like, like in, people our in our business, yeah, that. Now, I feel like in this day now, that's one of the reasons why we can't come back together because we're so busy focused on people being in our business, period. Like, that's, I feel like that's a problem with our generation. Like 2019. Okay. Yes. And kind of like 1990s-ish. When we are upbringing, I feel like that's kind of when it came into play. Okay. And we just more focus on individual progress. That's As opposed to, Alzheimer's like, man. we lost all the collective progress. That is, that's not even a thought. Is like, or at least until recently. I feel like in 2019, we starting to get There's back a resurgence, to but we got... Yeah. So far to go. So far yeah. to go. Well, um, whew, like I said at the beginning, this is going to be a show. Um, y'all know I always end up emotionally exhausted by the end, but that's because we all give a lot to the conversation, and we usually feel strongly about whatever we're talking about. Um, hopefully, we didn't lose you guys during the conversation, but um, before we wrap this up, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add? Any shout-outs? Anything coming up that you want people to know? Um, no, 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 we, we, we striving to be more consistent. I know we've been kind of missing weeks here and there. You're going to have two shows this week. If I end up, if you hear this, it's probably going to be after the sports edition show I did with my boy Kyrie who came through. Um, so we're posting, I, I should be posting that up on Monday. So on Monday, you'll have some content on Wednesday, uh, which would be today. Uh, hopefully, I'm striving for it to put it out on Wednesday. Then you'll have some content too. You'll have two uh, for us making up for missing last week. Uh, but we definitely striving to be more consistent. I know we've been kind of missing some shows, but you know we've been getting some things together. We've been trying to uh, get the logistics together. But uh, you should be hearing from us on a more consistent basis moving forward. And as far as what I got outside of that, I mean. You know, I'm I'm working on some things right now, man. If you if you are uh, into boxing, um, I should have some things put together, man. Here by the end of the year, uh, to whereas I'll give you all the information as far as my YouTube channel, uh, where y'all can you know hear me discuss or analyze boxing, as well as give like boxing techniques, uh, dive into the history of things. Like we we gonna do a, a few different things with the boxing shit, man. So just uh, follow me at. Mansa Ray, that's uh, M-A-N-S-A-R-H-E-A. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, all that good shit. I'll give you the, the name of the channel in a, in, a, uh, in a future date. But, yeah, that's all I got going on right now. Anything for you, Miley? 
Nah, I'm pretty boring. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Nah, you gonna have a you gonna have a uh, YouTube channel or some shit, right? With uh with Jasmine. Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah. We we're trying to <laughs> man. Look, we're trying to get something together for that, but. It's just trying to figure out exactly how we want to organize it and put it yeah. on there. But it's just like sons of mothers, like mm-hmm. mothers of sons, my bad, how I mm-hmm. said that all wrong. And it's just basically like elaborating what it is, what it's like to raise a king and what it takes. Because, you know, there's all, there's no light on that, on what it should take to raise our kings out here. And so many women, we are raising the king. So... I feel like some definite light should be... We feel like some definite light should be shed on that. You know what? When you say that, I don't think... Uh, it's not a one source that I can go to to where they're consistently teaching how to exactly. raise like I don't know if you know the boxer Deontay Wilder. No. But if you get a chance, look into Deontay Wilder, listen to him speak. He talks a lot about how his grandmother, his, uh, his grandmother basically raised him up with positive teachings. Ex- like, ex- yeah. Just keep instilling him that he's anointed by God. He's a king, all that. And to this you, point now, he he's exactly mega success. And I feel like, you know, because there's so many mothers out here who are raising, you know, men. Mm-hmm. And we we don't we don't really know all of what that entails. I'm going to tell you, like, just based off my personal experience, like potty training my son and not realizing that he's not supposed to pull his underwear all the way down. That's not something that I can teach him. That's uh-huh. not something I'm thinking, you know, but... Oh, you have him sit down no, no, by no. mistake or anything? Um, have you ever had him sit down on no, the toilet seat? I've never okay. had him sit down on it, but it was just... Ladies, don't make your son sit down on don't it. Don't do... My exactly. mom tried to... Don't do no that, disrespect. Ladies. She tried to, like, have me sit down on the toilet before I go, oh, no, no, no. Exactly. And that kind of makes it harder when you're trying to potty train them, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for joining us this week, um, Molly. That does sound really dope, though. Like, I don't thank have you. a child, but I feel like you have something with that. So, thank you. We're working Stick on with it. it. Yeah. We're we we work, we working know, on it. We're going to get you. Any updates that me and her, me and her name is Jasmine, any updates that me and Jasmine have? Because, like, it, like, literally, it came to both of us. I can't even take full credit or nothing like that. Like, we both, we literally sat down one day and we were like, this is something that we definitely want to express and explore in. So, yeah. That's dope. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you, listeners, for sticking with us for another week on episode 74 of Back Talk. As usual, you can find us on most major platforms, basically all of them except for Spotify, but that will come in the future. Um, We are still looking to develop our social media uh, team. Please email us at backtalkmedia at gmail.com. We look forward to coming back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. We out. Peace. Bye.